Welcome in. Happy Friday. Good to have you. We got a lot to do today, and we're going to have some fun. Obviously, it's a rivalry football weekend. Michigan, Michigan State getting at it in East Lansing on Saturday. Uh, but there, of course, is some, some, well, nothing can just be easy. So we'll get to that coming up. Uh, also, we're talking pizza, a very exciting new venture by Visit Detroit. We'll talk to Claude Molinari coming up this hour. And look, Lions looking for their sixth win in seven games. My goodness, uh, lots to do. But we do have some breaking news a- across the board. Let's start with the most serious one first. Hamas has released two U.S. hostages. According to Reuters, a U.S. mother and her daughter have been released for, quote, humanitarian reasons in response to Qatari mediation efforts. Now, Hamas says that the citizens were released for humanitarian reasons and to prove to the American people and the world that the claims made by Joe Biden and his fascist administration are false and baseless. And my my initial reaction, this is just breaking in the last half hour or so. My initial reaction was, well, this is what terrorist organizations do. They put up a facade it's smoke and mirrors. And, and to me, it adds more fuel to the fire for these protests, for these conflicts that have been erupting all over the world, certainly here in the United States. We've seen it in New York City. We've seen it across college campuses all across the country. That there is this pro or, or at least anti-Israel movement. And I think this gives some more fuel to that fire. And, I, and, and the reality is, I don't think Hamas wants that smoke. Hamas doesn't want the United States coming after them when they've got our hostages. You know, Israel's going to handle theirs. But when you take U.S. hostages as part of this, you know, horrific attack on October 7th, well, geez, the United States is going to get involved. And so it's good these two people have been released. But I don't, I don't know that that proves anything aside from Hamas, again, setting a narrative. Also, Kenneth Chesbro, who was an important co-defendant to the prosecution in Donald Trump's Georgia election interference case, has taken a last-minute plea deal. Here are the parameters to that deal. Five years probation. $5,000 fine, and he will agree to testify and provide documents and evidence in the case. Now, this makes three that have taken plea deals, two in consecutive days. Yesterday, it was Sidney Powell who took the plea deal. And I, I'd love to get your thoughts on this, 800-859-0957, 800-859-0WJR. But to me, this is what, Fannie Willis was looking for. You cast a wide net, you throw a lot of charges against the wall. And by the way, these are two attorneys in the last two days that have taken plea deals. So I'm I'm curious to know if you think this signals 
potentially some real trouble for Donald Trump in this case. Here's another thing that Kenneth Chesbrough said today. Before concluding the hearing, he spoke directly to the judge saying, I just want to thank you for the way you've handled these proceedings. Hmm. Pretty interesting and pretty telling depending on how you read into that and 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 potentially the ability here for Chesbro to work with Willis and the prosecution and and what kind of trouble that could spell for Donald Trump because look I'm no legal mastermind but it doesn't take a whole lot to read in between the lines here to think that if somebody like this is willing to flip if somebody like this is willing to take that deal to to then provide testimony against Donald Trump and others well that could be some real problems for Donald Trump i think but i'd love to hear from you in the meantime some more breaking news over the last couple of minutes house republicans voted secret ballot today and have removed judiciary chairman jim jordan as their speaker nominee that's according to fox news house republicans huddled behind closed doors to find a path forward because Jim Jordan lost a third round of voting today and once again lost support. And the disarray continues in the House. But it's not really clear where we go from here, where the Republicans in the House on Capitol Hill go from here. Some interesting comments today from John James, who joined J.R. Morning to talk about the the speaker's vote and where things stand. He told the crew that Jordan wasn't able to commit to the people of Michigan. When I asked directly to commit to the priorities of Michigan, um, was unwilling to commit. And as a result, John James decided to vote for Candace Miller as Speaker of the House. James also told Guy Gordon, Jamie Edmonds, and Lloyd Jackson that He'd support anyone who can get to 217 votes. Jim Jordan did not get anywhere close to that today. And despite the optics, the fissures inside the House GOP, well, they're just not that bad. Um, The divisions aren't as deep as you'd think, but there are certain personalities uh, who have more benefit from raising money on, on, on social media than actually governing. Uh, And so we are actually getting back uh, to having leadership who will focus more on governing, um, getting the most conservative bills passed that can actually be um, passed through the Senate and signed by a Democrat president, working in the realm of reality quickly to curb our sinful debt and uh, and our reckless spending to protect our military, secure our borders uh, and uh, and move forward. And a lot of those people voted against those three things. So um, we, we will be able to get together. There are a handful of people who can get to that 217. I'm looking forward to working through quickly and hopefully uh, getting a speaker within the next few days. And John James also said, as long as somebody is willing to show support to Michigan, he will support them. These votes are going the wrong way. And the longer this lasts, uh, the the more risk we have of putting the American people in jeopardy. My My priority and my focus is working on anyone, to include Jim Jordan who are willing to commit on the record to prioritize the needs of Michigan. 
to prioritize the needs of the 10th Congressional District. Again, I'm not here to serve popular politicians. I'm here to serve, frankly, a district and in and, and counties that I feel this country has forgotten about. 800-859-0957, 800-859-0WJR. That's John James today on JR Morning. Now, some pretty interesting stuff there. And if you missed uh, the interview this morning, you can head on over to thegreatvoice.com. You can check it out. But it's interesting that John James took the approach of, hey, Jim Jordan, here's what's important to me. Here's what's important to my constituents in my district. Are you able to back that? And apparently, Jim Jordan wasn't. And so John James wasn't going to support him. Love to get your thoughts on that as well. 800-859-0957. Also, coming up at 4 o'clock, we will get a UAW update from Sean Fain. We will also talk to Kaylee Hall ahead of that announcement to see what we can expect. But GM has announced a new offer. It is on the table. We'll talk about that next as we continue on JR Afternoon. Uh, if not Jim Jordan, then uh, I would say the uh, anybody who can get to 217 votes in conference. And that is the case now because Jim Jordan as the speaker nominee is out. Republicans voting today, secret ballot behind closed doors. That's it for Jim Jordan. That's it for Steve Scalise. Who's next? Who's next? Because... For whatever reason, the Republicans just can't get it together. And now the president saying last night that he's asking for a whole lot of money, billions and billions of dollars to help Ukraine, help Israel, help protect America, help protect our interests abroad. And the Republicans can't get out of their own way to shoot it down or accept it, whatever it is. But the but the fact of the matter is there still is a leadership vacuum in the House, and that falls on Republican shoulders. Whether you want to blame Matt Gates, whether you want to blame Democrats, the Republicans do themselves no favors when they cannot get out of their own way. Want to give you this too? We're going to hear from Sean Fain coming up uh, at four o'clock. He's going to do another live Facebook update for the rank and file. Certainly. Uh, We in the media tune into that to make sure we're able to pass it along to you. But negotiations continue today. And with 34,000 rank and file UAW auto workers on the picket lines, it's important that negotiations continue. But Ford Motor Company has extended another offer. It would give hourly employees a 23% general wage increase for a 25% compounded boost over the life of the contract. Previously, GM had offered 20% non-compounding wage increases. According to a story in the Detroit News, under the new offer, A GM hourly employee represented by the UAW would make $40.39 per hour at the end of the agreement, which is up from $32.32 currently. GM also said it offered to reinstate COLA, cost of living, for seniority workers in the first year of the deal, and said it will convert all active full-time temporary employees with one year of employment to seniority-level employment 
upon ratification of the deal. Temp wages will also be increased 26% to 21 bucks an hour and will provide workers a bonus upon ratification of the deal, but didn't talk about how much that bonus is. So is that enough for the UAW to bite? We'll see. 800-859-0957, 800-859-0WJR. David's in Detroit. He kicks us off. Hello, David. Hey there. Uh, you know, I was listening. I, I, I guess I missed the Jordan or the uh, John James interview, and I, I'm just scratching my head as to where this guy's coming from. So basically you, what it, he's saying it, David, is, if you missed it, thegreatvoice.com, he did it with the morning show, JR Morning. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to catch it because that, that sounds to me like scratch my back and give me special favor or I'm not supporting you, which is, is that any better than what Gates did? And, and I'm just really questioning where some of these Republicans are at this point. But, uh, but Why are you questioning? Said, what do you mean? What, what are you questioning? Because, well, because the Speaker's job is to conduct business, to lead the House, mm-hmm. uh, raise money for the, the political conference that they're in. Um, their job is not to backscratch specific uh, congressmen or women to give them special favors in their district in exchange for their vote for speakership. I mean, it just so what should 434 other members also be asking Jim Jordan? Well, it's not going to be Jordan now, but whoever is next on the chopping block for special favor. Otherwise, they're not going to give their vote. How ridiculous. Well, okay, ridiculous or not, I mean, this is somebody's prerogative. This is an elected official's prerogative on how to cast support for a potential nominee for speaker. I mean, right, wrong, or indifferent, that's John James's approach. And and I I understand where you're coming from. But in the sense that, truthfully, we shouldn't even be in this mess in the first place, David. No, you know why we're in this mess, Chris, is because of people like McCarthy, is because of people in the establishment that made all these promises about being able to offer amendments from the floor, single bill, single issue, not going down this path of, you know, uh, omnibus bills. And he he caved just like all the rest have going back 30 years. So something had to be done. But where do we clean it up from here is what's important, not going back to what was going on before. Um, so I'd be interested to see how this thing changes out. Honestly, I'm not really upset about another $100 billion not going out to these interventionists that want to get involved in every Tom, Dick, and Harry social issue or war or whatever's going on, because we need to take care of this country. I mean, look, right now, I, I agree. I mean, I, I, I do agree. But the, the, the reason that we have allies across the world is, to a certain extent, protect American interests. And... Uh, are American interests being threatened in Israel right now? I mean, I would argue yes. Is American interest being threatened in Ukraine? I'd argue yes. Only because it's not in our interest for Russia to, to uh, absorb another country, to become more powerful. It's not in our interest for already a very formidable foe to only gain more power. I don't I don't love that. And right, wrong, or indifferent, to me, it's important for the United States to not allow Russia to roll over a country. It's important for the United States to recognize terrorism and back an ally. How much you want to talk about dollars and cents? Okay, we can have that discussion. Is it helpful to the American people if we don't have to send troops to Israel? If we don't have to send troops to Ukraine? Now, look, he said, the president said it last night. 
if something goes off in Poland or another NATO ally, then, yep, we're going to have to act to defend NATO territory. But <laughs> it is a slippery slope, and I, and I, I am with you. But when you st- start talking about geopolitics and where the United States should play a role, I think the president has a, a point in asking for funding for a lot of these countries. Uh, Rick in Temperance. Hello, Rick. Sir. Rick. Yes, sir. How hey, are you? What's up? Good. I just, you know, with this bipartisan, you know, two groups supposed to come together, have an understanding, come to an agreement. With Jordan coming from Ohio, he's a Buckeye. He's talked nonsense about Michigan on the floor. How do anybody in the state expect him to do anything for us? It's insane. Well, I mean, wait, wait, wait. Rick, Rick, do you think that plays here? I'm not saying that's why he's here, but he, when you talk about why Michigan comes to him with certain requirements or certain expectations and why he turns them down or turns a blind eye, it's not because he's a politician. It's because he's a Buckeye. Let's go blue and let's end this story when it comes to him. I would vote for a head of lettuce before I vote for that gentleman when it comes to his standards on policy because he's so Ohio. That's bottom line when it comes to Michigan. I'm not saying Arizona or any part of the country, but when it comes to Michigan issues, Michigan deals that he needs to work with, he is not going to be supporting anything that comes to this state. And I would love for anybody to tell me that's different because – He's proven his track record when it comes to Michigan. Rick, I appreciate it. That's taken the rivalry to a whole new level. My goodness. Look, I I think there's something to be said about what the Republicans are going through right now. I've classified it as a black eye. I've classified it as they don't have their affairs in order. And say what you will about Democrats. Say what you will about Nancy Pelosi. You never saw this. You never saw Democrats stepping out of line, never. And the Republicans, for whatever reason, they don't have that. They don't have that force that's able to to rally the troops one way or the other. They don't. And it it's not a good look. And I'm telling you, it as we sit a year ahead, feels like this could have an impact in November. Take a break. More of your calls and texts next. All right, welcome back. 800-859-0957. 800-859-0-WJR. We're talking about, we've got a lot of things going on today. Obviously, the situation in the House of Representatives continues to be a mess. Jim Jordan is out as the speaker nominee. Where do they go from here? Where do they go? Because it's obvious that there was no plan B for Matt Gates and company. And it continues to show very poorly on the Republicans, in my opinion. Four o'clock, we'll wait for a update from Sean Fain, the UAW president, as a new offer from GM is on the table. I've heard some some rumblings from UAW workers, seen some stuff online. And as with any strike, it gets harder and harder and harder financially as it goes on. And I, I I'm starting to see Perhaps the rank and file, some rank and file that were gung-ho initially about striking and understanding the need to strike and the ability to to stick it to the companies to get what you want. But it is becoming more and more difficult. And and this is a, 
a strategy that I've talked about a lot on this show. And it's from a company perspective, are you able to hold out until it starts getting really difficult on the UAW? And now the pressure then falls on Sean Fain. So we'll continue to watch that. Sean Fain's got an update coming up at 4 o'clock. Uh, in the meantime, David, I want to get to a couple of texts. We'll get to a call, and then we're talking pizza here. It's very exciting. Yeah, so, Chris, uh, Mark from Commerce says it's not just a bad look for the Republicans. It basically reveals them reveals them for what they really are, incompetent and unworkable. What do you okay. think about that? Okay. I mean, look, I I think that you can say what you will about the Republicans right now. Because there is a great deal of consternation. There is a great deal of confusion in that conference right now. There is. I just, I, 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 I don't know where this goes. Because nobody can agree to anything. And nobody's adult enough in the room to say, hey, folks, here's what we need to do. Nobody's doing it. And it is a problem. So it's my understanding also that um, if they can't get a speaker in place, then what President Biden was trying to can't talk do about, it. can't do any of it. Can't do anything. Not to mention the fact you've we're got still, a government shutdown coming up next month. That's another thing. Can't do anything about it. Yeah. So they, they, they better get now. Their, you either they, need, they to need to get their act together. McHenry powers. You need to give him some extra juice so that he can do the job until you get it together. Otherwise, you're going to keep going to the House floor. On these votes, you can trot somebody else out there, but they can't get it done. It's it's not good. I I, I just I I I just don't understand. And then you've got Kenneth Chesbro taking a plea deal, five thousand dollar fine, six years probation, and ta-da, you have to testify against Donald Trump. Very very uh, interesting from a legal perspective and what this potentially means for Donald Trump and the rest of those that have been indicted in that case down in Georgia. But now you've got back-to-back Chesbro flip today. You had Sidney Powell flipping yesterday. And, and look, leading up to all of these investigations and the conclusion of them and the conclusion of the grand jury's decision, um, many, many legal experts Experts were pointing to Georgia as being the biggest bugaboo for Donald Trump, and I put that lightly. But this could be real trouble, especially if you've got people that were close to him flipping and willing to testify against him and others. That could be very interesting. So we'll continue to watch that. Love to get your thoughts. 800-859-0957. Real quick, Larry and Grand Blank. Hello, Larry. Like your show. Thank you. First of all, I'm a conservative Wolverine, and um, I don't entirely agree with your previous caller that uh, uh, about Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan's a tough wrestler. He's a you know he's a tough cookie, and um, uh, and I the question I pose is would a person like Kildee uh, uh, or Elizabeth Schlacken uh, hold their vote in hostage for a King Jeffries? Uh, if he was nominated for the House, no. Would they, would they say, "Listen, you got to vote for Michigan, or you got to do something for Michigan"? I'm not voting for you. Would that ever happen? I would think the not. Answer absolutely, is no. Yeah, I would think not. I would think not, Larry. But I, I, I you know, John James, that's his, that's his prerogative, right? That's his perception. Now, 
you could call it what you will, but that those are his parameters to get his vote. And whether that's right, wrong, or indifferent, those are his parameters. I, I imagine others have have their own guidelines, too, for how they would cast a vote like this. 800-859-0957, 800-859-0WJR. Uh, thank you, Larry. In the meantime, look, Detroit is it's synonymous with a lot of things. Motown, it's synonymous with cars, it's synonymous with Coney's. But you know what? Pound for pound, we got the best pizza anywhere. In the world, I would put our spots up against anybody. And there is an awesome new feature that Visit Detroit is rolling out. It's called a pizza passport. Claude Molinari is the president and CEO of Visit Detroit. He joins us. Claude, good to have you. You're talking my language now with this. Now you're talking. That's right. Pizza, unbelievable in Detroit. And we just launched this just in time for National Pizza Month. And both locals and visitors can enjoy the best of Detroit pizza with our newly launched Detroit Pizza Pass. All right, so what is the Pizza Pass? So completely free, this pass encourages people to engage with our local community, try different pizza restaurants and styles, and just make a fun experience out of trying a new pizza spot. And it's completely free, um, very easy to do, and we've got over 20 locations in many are in the downtown area, but they're also in Royal Oak, Plymouth, Southfield, and we're adding more uh, pizzerias and pizza parlors as we speak. Have you heard from people that maybe weren't on the initial list that want to get on? For sure, and they're jumping on. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Um, but but Detroit, obviously, the deep dish is our calling card. But I mean, you want to talk about? I mean, the subpoenas, the all the the coal fire places that we got around town. I mean. We've got a very nice smattering of different types of pie that people get involved with. What, what was the impetus of creating the Pizza Pass? Well, you know, it's National Pizza uh, Month in October, and Visit Detroit, we're always trying to really make it, you know, not just for the visitors, but also for our locals to get engaged. And, and again, we have so many unique, specific places. I mean, everything from, from as you mentioned, Sapinos or our famous Buddy's Pizza to uh, – um, Mutz Pizzeria, uh, Union Assembly. I mean, there's so many great places, and they're all uh, worthy of people checking them out. And, and what's cool about this is that people can engage with our, our, our proprietors. They get 20% off on a lot of situations on what they order. And um, as they go to more places, they'll earn points by checking in at these participating pizza joints and redeem them for excited prizes. We're talking Detroit pizza hats, aprons, shirts, stickers, and we'll be mailing them directly to the the winning people. Oh, that's sweet. Um, The other thing, too, this is not the first pass you've done. You've got the Explore Detroit pass. You've got another pass, I think, for, like, craft beers and stuff like that. How how have those worked in the past, and, and particularly with those maybe from out of the area? Well, the Detroit Brew Trail has been an awesome success. And I can tell you that we've had a ton of participants, uh, well into the thousands. Every week, we're mailing out beer mugs and stickers <laughs> and, and, and uh, uh, big um, beer 
cap uh, removers, right? <laughs> and it's just been, I, I constantly see in the mail as I walk out that they're, they're being shipped all over the nation. And uh, um, again, all people have to do is just go to visitdetroit.com backslash digital passes. And if that's too difficult, just go to visitdetroit.com. You can click on the different apps and you can sign right up and again, be a part of, uh, of not only um, experiencing great times, but also supporting our local vendors. Well, you know what's great about this, too, for us locally? Like, it's easy to to have your staples, right, in your head. I go here for this, I go there for that, and I go over here for this. But it's sometimes easy for us to kind of remember what we got all around or or think, ah, I got to try that place. So it's very nice that you've compiled this list of whatever it is, pizza or things to do around town uh, or the craft beer trail. I mean, it's it's awesome for even us locals to remember, I got to go try that place. So it, it makes a lot of sense and it continues to boost the profile of the city of Detroit. Uh, and it's something that you and everybody over at Visit Detroit does such a great job of. Claude, thank you so much. Appreciate it. And I look forward to uh, hitting the pass. It's going to be fantastic. Thank you so much. If you got it. That's Claude Molinari, the president and CEO of Visit Detroit. We got to take a break. Um, it is obviously getting to be the time of year where the leaves are falling from the trees. Is it best to leave the leaves on the ground or should you pick them up? We'll get answers to that next on JR Afternoon. All right, welcome back. 800-859-0957. 800-859-0WJR. We're wrapping about a lot today. And I, I think that when you consider what is happening in the House on Capitol Hill, it feels like it's... It feels like it's a little more than it should be. It feels like they're really trying very hard. And whether it's these representatives can't get past it because their political futures are on the line, because they reside in districts that Joe Biden won in 2020, but they're Republicans. It it shouldn't be this difficult unless there are major problems. Now, I'll play you this a bit of information here. This is from John James today on JR Morning. But he says that there isn't the support, the divisions in the GOP aren't as bad as you would think based on what's happened on the House floor over the last three days. Um, the divisions aren't as deep as you'd think, but there are certain personalities uh, who have more benefit from raising money on, on, on social media than actually governing. Uh, and so we are actually getting back uh, to having leadership who will focus more on governing, um, getting the most conservative bills passed that can actually be um, passed through the Senate and signed by a Democrat president, working in the realm of reality quickly to curb our sinful debt and, uh, and our reckless spending to protect our military, secure our borders, uh, and, uh, and move forward. And a lot of those people voted against those three things. So um, we, we will be able to get together. There are a handful of people who can get to that 217. I'm looking forward to working through quickly and hopefully yeah. uh, getting a speaker within the next few days. Well, it ain't Jim Jordan now because the House voted secretly, secret ballots, and they've removed him as speaker nominee. But the reality is these problems still exist. This isn't the end of it. And it continues to be a real issue. Meanwhile, Hamas has released two U.S. hostages being held in Gaza City. 
Uh, they say, through a spokesperson, that the release was for humanitarian reasons and to prove to the American people and the world that the claims made by President Joe Biden and his fascist administration are false and baseless. And that is feels like pretty on par for what a terrorist organization would do, especially in 2023. You craft the narrative differently. Look, we're willing to give them back. It's all good. But it's your government that continues to be fascist. It's your government that continues to support oppressive regimes in the region. But the reality is two U.S. hostages have been released, and that is good news. So the idea of whether or not you should leave your leaves in the yard when they fall during the fall, it is generally a headache for a lot of people. Uh, I've got a ton of trees in my yard, and every year I think, gosh, shouldn't I just let them, (laughs) shouldn't I just leave them? Well, now there are, there is some thought to leaving your leaves on the ground. Bagging your leaves sends them to a landfill. It's the worst thing you can do. In 2018, this is uh, according to Michigan State University. According to the EPA, in 2018, landfills received 10.5 million tons of yard trimming, including leaves. It's 7% of always thrown away. What happens when these things get buried in landfills is they break down with no oxygen, and that produces methane, which, of course, is a greenhouse gas. To support wildlife and soil health, Experts say leave the leaves where they fall. A hardy leaf cover provides a habitat during the cold winter months for critical pollinating species such as bees, butterflies, and moths. Other critters like amphibians, small mammals like chipmunks can also benefit from the shelter or the leaves. It allows them to make it through the winter and then emerge potentially to pollinate your garden and help control other pests. Now, there's another thought to this is that you leave them or excuse me that you remove them if you don't want them on your yard raking them into garden beds is the thing to do and that way it'll help pollinate it'll help keep all those things it'll help isolate it to to your gardens your flower beds whatever it is or you could compost them which is kind of the best of both worlds you get to do both it's very interesting but I, it's the worst time of the year for me. I absolutely hate removing leaves. It's the worst. It takes, I have a lot of trees in my, in my uh, backyard, my front yard. And it is, I mean, it's like, you get back there if you don't take care of it. it it's up to your shins. It's wild. So I, I try to stay on top of it. I, I've had some uh, lawn services do it over the last couple of years, which is easy. But boy, uh, if you don't stay on top of it, it can be a very, very daunting task. Um, Also, coming up in the 3 o'clock hour, very interesting question for what would you do. It's a Michigan-Michigan State question. Uh, This was posed to me personally. So I'll bring you a personal account as it relates to this rivalry. Also, coming up at 4 o'clock, 
Sean Fain expected to address the rank and file, give an update to the negotiations with the UAW. And and here's where, for me, I think things start to turn a little bit because I've looked online, I've seen on X or Facebook, uh, different stories that I've read. UAW members are starting to feel it. After weeks and weeks and weeks of making 500 bucks a week, it's not enough. It's not, it certainly isn't what they were making when they're on the clock. And so this game of chicken that I've been talking about, this game of chicken between the UAW and the big three, well, the big three with line of credit coming in, look, nobody wants to lose product, but they can withstand it a little more, in my opinion. And so the pressure then falls for me on the UAW. The pressure falls to make an effort to get this thing done. And again, I maintain that this this strike, or at least a huge priority for the UAW, at the bare minimum, a huge chunk of what they want is they want union representation in these battery plants. GM got it done, but Ford and Stellantis haven't yet. And I think that is an absolutely huge sticking point for the UAW. Yes, they want a a cost increase uh, or or wage increase. Yes, they want COLA back. Yes, they want to eliminate tiers. Yes, they want more and more and more. All fine. But at the end of the day, when push comes to shove, your rank and file is going to hurt. It's going to hurt if they have to do this for another two, three weeks. It, it, it is going to be a problem, and I've already seen rank-and-file members start to feel it, start to talk about how difficult it is now. 800-859-0957, 800-859-0WJR if you want to weigh in on the UAW situation. Got to take a break, get you caught up on a couple other things when we get back. All right, welcome back. Three o'clock hour. Lots to do still before we get out of here. Make way for Mitch Album and the crew. Uh, we do have an update to a story. We'll get to it here because this is just breaking. We got a big game coming up this weekend. Michigan, Michigan State. And it's there's a there's a bit of a a dark cloud hanging over it now. Why? Because Michigan is being investigated by the NCAA again for allegedly violating a rule related to sign stealing. Now, the allegations initially came out yesterday. The claim was Michigan sent scouts to future opponents to steal their signs. Sign stealing is not an NCAA violation. But there are rules against sending staffers to steal signs at games. The Big Ten Conference notified uh, was notified by the NCAA. And in a statement, the Big Ten's and conferences had also notified Michigan State and future opponents of these allegations. Now, new to the story today, a low-level staffer, Connor Stallions, is apparently the kingpin behind the operations. One Big Ten coach telling Yahoo Sports yesterday, he spearheads the operation. I once told him, we know what kind of 
bleep you are doing, and it's messed up. Had to clean that up for for air. Another Big Ten coach telling Yahoo Sports, we were told to be careful because we had a guy who could pick plays. It was too late in the week to change our signals, but another staff did tell us about Stallions. Now, again, stealing an opponent's signs from a game, from a television broadcast is, well, it's about as common as a, as a, a first down marker in college football. It is not against NCAA rules. There's no rule against it. But the investigation focuses on how you get the signals. Michigan is being alleged to have sent people two games or sent this staffer two games to steal signs ahead of Michigan's matchup with them. Now, the school learned the information in person scouting a future opponent's games. It violates a 30-year NCAA rule. If the school learned the information through the use of recording or video devices, that violates another NCAA bylaw. bylaw. So Michigan's a 24-point favorite over the Spartans this weekend in East Lansing at Spartan Stadium. First night game of this rivalry. It's supposed to be incredibly exciting. And, you know, Michigan State has been through some trials and tribulations this year, no fault of their own. And it it is a, a bummer on that front. Now you've got Michigan under investigation again by the NCAA. That's not good. So, look, I, I think it's prudent to let the process play out. The investigation is is ongoing. But... It, it it doesn't have the same level of excitement, unfortunately. Um, meanwhile, the breaking news is that Ward Manuel, the athletic director at Michigan, has suspended Connor Stallions with pay pending the conclusion of the investigation. Jim Harbaugh did come out yesterday saying, I do not have any knowledge or information regarding University of Michigan football program illegally stealing signals, nor nor have I directed any staff members or others to participate in an off-campus scouting assignment. I have no awareness to anyone in our staff having done that or having directed that action. So now Stallions is suspended. Uh, Sources telling ESPN that investigators with the NCAA have sought access to his computer. But this is a a rough situation, certainly for Michigan, uh, and it casts a pall over a really exciting rivalry. Uh, Also, Hamas has released two U.S. hostages, citing humanitarian reasons as 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 a reason for the release. Uh, Hamas says they do have 200 hostages. 50 more are being held by other groups in the Gaza Strip. And Hamas also says that 20 hostages have been killed by Israeli airstrikes, but they haven't given any more details on that. And that can certainly be something that intelligence officials need to keep a very close eye on, especially in the wake of the hospital bombing when now the intelligence that were coming out, the president said it again last night, that Israel did not bomb that hospital. It came from inside the Gaza Strip. So certainly as as more information becomes available, it, it's important to, to make sure that it's factual 
And that's something where now social media is coming under duress because Republican lawmakers on the Commerce Committee in the U.S. Senate have sent a letter to these companies, Meta, Google, TikTok, X, asking them to, quote, commit to fully preserving a documentary history of Hamas's atrocities. The letter was spearheaded by Senator Ted Cruz and says that the information needs to be preserved to access, quote, acts of terrorism and would be helpful in prosecuting war crimes, intelligence gathering, media reporting, and the historical record. Now, the GOP senators say they've requested a number of pieces of information, including content policies relevant to the dissemination of content from the Israel-Hamas war, data on content removed systematically without human review, and an explanation of how these policies are affected by international laws. They've also asked how the companies were complying with sanctions that require the blocking of interests of Hamas and how they were preventing their platforms from being used to provide material to support Hamas, which is another interesting side to this as more and more of these Social media companies, obviously, they are a platform for the information that is being released. Also, out of Georgia, Kenneth Chesbro, an important co-defendant in former President Donald Trump's Georgia election case, has taken a plea deal. He has agreed to testify in the trial. Now, he pleaded guilty to a single felony charge of conspiracy to commit filing of false documents, and will receive five years probation, also a $5,000 fine. But most importantly in this case, from a legal perspective, he's got to testify and provide documents and evidence. That is, I believe, what Fannie Willis has wanted this whole time. It's why the net was cast so large. Because the idea is that you are going to pull somebody in. You're going to pull somebody in, and they are going to be facing severe charges, And these are attorneys. Chesbro's attorney. Cindy Powell is an attorney. They they know the severity of the situation that they're facing. I don't. We don't. But they do. And it was obviously severe enough for them to take a plea deal and flip and be able to provide testimony here. So it's very interesting. And, And I think that You read between the tea leaves, I think that's exactly what Fannie Willis wants or wanted when the indictments came out. And before the hearing ended, Chesbro spoke directly to the judge saying, I want to thank you for the way you've handled these proceedings. And obviously the judge has come under fire whether or not they would be able to adjudicate a case like this. And apparently Chesbro thinks that that she is. 800-859-0957, 800-859-0WJR, 800 We'll get to more of your calls, your texts coming up next. Also, a What Would You Do Michigan, Michigan State edition. That's coming up on JR Afternoon. All right, I got a Michigan, Michigan State question today for What Would You Do. We'll get to that in a couple of minutes. First, I want to go to Dave in Rochester. He's been holding. What's up, David? Hey, how are you, Chris? Uh, your, I think your analysis today has been spot on, uh, your observations. Uh, I'd add Hakeem's observation that you guys just reported on the news, chaos, extremism, and uh, 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 dysfunction. This is like the per- – what's going on now is like that proverbial magical thread in the garment. You pull one and the whole thing is disassembling. It is 
coming apart at the seams. I mean, you got the whole tenet of the GOP, both in Congress, the voters, and everything, 65 70% consistently. Election is stolen. Trump's their man. And, and Bidenomics is not working, okay? So Thursday, we got the uh, GDP will be coming out uh, six days from now. It's going to be like 5.5%. It's going to put a punctuation on the 11 quarters, almost three years now, where it's been absolutely incredible. Even when you yeah, real real growth adjusted for not just inflation, go ahead, add the debt, take the debt away, and it's exceeded all adjusted for that debt as well. It's exceeded all expectations. All right, but Dave, you know that you know that most people aren't feeling that, right? Yeah, like, you know, most people aren't feeling that. We can know that it's about a year delayed on economic recovery. Just okay. look at Clinton. Clinton in ninety two, ninety four, and ninety six. It took it took like four. It took like years before they finally recognized what a great economy it was. Okay. No, look, I, I, I'm I I am very transparent with where I think the Republicans are right now, and if anything, they should be providing a unified front going into twenty twenty four, and instead, it is the exact opposite. It is the exact opposite. And so I think that is a real problem. I think it's a real problem for the Republicans. If they want to have a real shot at maintaining control of the House, trying to regain control of the Senate, you know, I think it's going to be very important. And to me, they just don't they don't they don't have it together right now. And it is a huge problem. All right, 800-859-0957, 800-859-0WJR. I want to throw this what would you do into the mix because this is real. Uh, I had a buddy text me the other day, and he said this, look. Oh, very dramatic. I like this. Big Spartan fan. Most of my friends are Wolverines. My team isn't doing very well this year. Your team now has another NCAA investigation against it. I love my team. I will always love my team. I will watch this game. And I would like to have a little party. I'd like to have a little shindig. But I feel like what's going to happen, Michigan probably will win I feel like it's kind of going to be a bummer. Do I have this party? What would you do? So these, this is for, I mean, you can equate this to really anything, truthfully. But if you're a big Spartan fan this weekend, would you have a party? Would you have everybody over? Do you only invite Spartans? Do you, only in, do you invite everybody, Wolverine, Spartans included? Dave, what would you do? In this scenario, what would you do? Wants to have a nice time, wants to hang out with the friends, but just isn't sure how this game's going to go. It could get pretty rough. Well, I will tell you that uh, I would be, I would invite everybody. You would invite everybody. Everybody. And I've been in these situations before where I'm the lone person that is on the opposition. 
Broncos. And, and I exactly. I had no problem. Yes, and I have. Excuse no, me. I don't know I, where that I, came from. Not only do, not only don't I have a problem in that situation, I embrace that situation. Okay, so you thrive. Yes. And if it's uncomfortable, if your team's down, maybe Russell Wilson stinks, and people are giving it to you from all sides. Mm-hmm. You just take it. Uh, let's go back to Super Bowl against Seattle. Danielle, what would you do about this? Um. Well. I'm not having a party for no football, okay. but um, I'll attend any party uh, just because it's going to be fun and people are going to be there. Who cares? Who? It's a freaking rivalry. The, the whole part of it is razzing each other a bit. So why not just invite everyone? It, everyone it, have a good time. You're going to have an argument or two and people are going to laugh and you'll forget about it. It really does feel, though, like this thing has gotten a little bit out of control. It, it, it feels like it's gotten a little bit out of control. It's a great, to me, it's a top five rivalry. It needs to be celebrated. And I think that in this case, yes, you should have a party. And you should invite everybody. Everybody should be breaking bread. Everybody have a nice time. You razz each other a little bit, like Danielle said, but you have a good time. It doesn't need to be the end-all, be-all. It doesn't need to be the end of the world. And and here's the other part of it, too. Like, I know, like on paper, Michigan is a very good team, okay? Michigan State has some work to do. But on paper, traditionally through this rivalry, it doesn't matter. I mean, none of that matters. You just throw it out the back door because I've seen some of the craziest things in football happen in this game. But I think it is a top 10 college football rivalry. I think it's a an upper echelon college basketball rivalry, if you want to be honest. And I think you that should be celebrated with friends and family, and you invite everybody over, and you have a good time. I, I wouldn't shy away at all from from not inviting people. That's true. Here's yeah. another thing, too, that, that just drives me crazy. Now, I was, my wife and I got married October 23rd, 2015. Yeah, that's right. Twenty October twenty third, twenty fifteen. Do you know what happened six days before that, Dave? Eight years um, ago. Eight years ago. Is that trouble with the snap? Trouble with the snap yes, happened. Trouble with the snap. Yep. What's that mean? Now I am a Michigan fan. My wife is a Spartan. Mm-hmm. Went graduated from Michigan State. Loyal Spartan. And. I was giving her the business. I was like, I get to walk down the aisle as a winner. My team is going to win. Oh, no. <laughs> I can't. I was so excited. <laughs> and then literally not two minutes later. Trouble with the snap. I've never been able to live it down. You and know, that's okay. Um, I'm surprised. I wear it as a badge I'm of I'm surprised honor. with both, of, uh, both you and your wife being big college football fans that you had a fall marriage. So here's the thing about because, that. Because um, you get a lot of people that they get married on these rivalry weekends and either people aren't showing up or if it's at a restaurant with televisions, uh, they're at the TV or they're watching their phones and they're not paying attention to anything that's going on at the wedding. And then people get offended. But it's your own fault for having get, for getting married in the fall during football season. So we got married uh, during football season. I will tell you this. Was I cognizant of the fact that Michigan, Michigan State was the weekend before 
Was I cognizant? I, I don't even remember the game after that. Obviously, it didn't matter. But as I, I my whole thing when we were planning this was, it's okay. We can have this thing in the fall. I'm good with that. I'd prefer to have a fall wedding. You can't have it during a big game. Oh, come on. You cannot. 100% correct, you, you Chris. You cannot. That is the dumbest thing No, I've it's ever not. It, it look, you know as how much many as problems this, that wait, causes, hold on, hold on. Danielle? As much as this day is for the the bride and groom, you're also, you should be cognizant of your guests, I believe. Yeah, 100%. No, screw you. This is my day. I, and so I, I, that's. You want people to show up? That you want people deal. to pay attention to your day when you got, All right, when you what got would stuff you going do? on? What would you do? Would you have the party? You're a Spartan. Things don't look great. You're inviting all your Wolverine friends over, 800-859-0957. All right, I want to get right to the phones. We're talking UAW in a couple of minutes. Big announcement from Sean Fain, the president of the UAW, coming up at 4 o'clock, going to update the rank and file on the status of these negotiations with the big three. First to Mike in Oak Park. Hello, Michael. Hey, how you doing? Hey, what's up, Mike? Awesome. Hey, have the party, man. I, that's that's all there is to it. You know, just like I said, be picky with your friends. You know, you, we all got that one that just takes it over the top just a little too much. And that's all right. Just, you know, just afterwards, they might be a little they say, hey, bro, I love you. Or, hey, girl, I love you. But, yeah, we just wanted to have a little bit of fun. And um, this time around, it seems like you've been a little bit too much trouble. You, you, <laughs> you, you still take them in, don't you? Oh, yeah, you love them no matter what. That's right. Mike, I'm with you. I think you have the party. I think you have the party. I think you have some fun. My goodness. You know, there's so much just nasty stuff going on in the world. Have a little fun with a football game. You need to. Oh, man, dude, you are 100% correct because, you know, we need to get a break. And these football games, that's why they're so popular. Yeah. It gives us a break. It gives us time. Now, me living in Oak Harbor, Ohio, oh, trust me. Oh, man, I feel it. For 20 years, we got our booties handed to us, but I never stopped. Go blue, baby. Go blue. Attaway, Michael. Enjoy the game this weekend. Have a good one. David in Westland. What's up, David? Hey, thanks for taking the call. You got hey, it? Uh, yeah, just party down, you know. Um, we used to go up to Secord Lake at the Eagles Club up there, and uh, I forget where it's at. But anyways, we they put half the hall Michigan State and half the hall Michigan. Everybody's being a crockpot. We have a blast, yell at each other, but we were all friends at the end of the game. Sure. And, yeah, and then I, I started doing it down here in uh, in my driveway. We tailgate, and then I, I have Michigan State fans come over. We just have a blast. Good for you, David. I think that's the way to be. I think that's the way to do it. I'm I'm with you 100. percent I think you got to have the party. And, but but look, it, this thing is this this rivalry has gotten it's gotten nasty over the last couple of years. For whatever reason. I mean, it's just, it's a very contentious rivalry. You know, it's not like Michigan-Ohio State. I guess if unless you live in Ohio, uh, like our last caller. But, you know, you see these folks every day and you, you hear it from one side or the other. And, and it's it's relentless. That's the fun of it. It, it gets taken way too seriously. But it's going to be a fun game and, and you enjoy it. I, I don't I don't know why you wouldn't. Why you wouldn't have a party just because, you know, you got more friends on one side and I don't know. To to me, it doesn't make any sense. I think you want to have the party, have a little fun, escape from all the the doom and gloom in the world and and have fun with your friends and watch a football football game. I mean, it's that simple. 
Uh, all right, so we are waiting a word from UAW President Sean Fain coming up at about 4 o'clock. And he's going to update the rank and file on on where these contract negotiations stand. Kaylee Hall is an auto reporter with the Detroit News and joins us. Kaylee, good to have you. What are we expecting out of this announcement from Sean Fain? Thanks for having me, Chris. Uh, I wish I could tell you. <laughs> I think that he will definitely talk about the uh, most recent offer that GM has on the table that they just gave this morning, which includes 23% general wage increase. And we just confirmed that Stellantis is um, there as well. And Ford, mm. as far as we know, is, is at 23%. Um, so I think he'll fill us in on, on where things stand with negotiations. And I wouldn't be surprised if, um, you know, we we see another plant or two get called out to to strike. Yeah, I, 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 I think, again, for for me, reading between the tea leaves, the way Sean Fain acted towards General Motors when when they came out and agreed to add EV battery production to the national agreement I think that continues to be a huge part of these negotiations. And the fact that Ford isn't there yet, the fact that Stellantis isn't there yet, I I do wonder if this thing continues to linger, even though they're going to start, you know, pulling in 23% wage increase is a big deal. I think GM also brought back Cola. So so that's a, a another really competitive offer by General Motors. But, but I think you're right. It's going to be really interesting to see where this thing stands uh, as we are in day, what, 36 now? Day 36. Yep, you have it right. Yeah, I think that you're spot on. I think that there's still some very big issues at the table um, that they need to work out. Um, when I spoke to UAW Vice President Mike Booth, he's, he oversees the GM department for the union. He wouldn't talk about battery situation at all. So, you know, the devil's in the details on that. We don't know the specifics of it mm-hmm. and what exactly GM is willing to do there, right? So, yes, Sean Fay made that announcement, but we don't know the specifics sure. and and sure there's a lot that they have to work through on that so yeah do you think that that if they were able to come to a tentative agreement with one company would they get back to work with that one company or do you think this is an all-or-nothing deal like they have to get tentative agreements with everybody before they call the dogs off Oh, that's an interesting point. I I would think that they get a TA and then they take the TA to the membership. They keep that membership out on strike until the vote is, is done, is, is what we've seen in the past. Um, and if it passes, they bring them back in and then they move on to the next one is how I would think it would go. But honestly, I have uh, given up trying to figure <laughs> out the, the process here because <laughs> it's just so new. And, and I, I think that's the whole point right is to keep us um keep the automakers uh, on their toes and yeah. and how this process works it's very different from past negotiations are, so it's not like the pattern bargaining we've seen in the past what are you starting to hear from the rank and file because from what i'm seeing from what i'm hearing you know this is when you are in day 36 of a strike it's it's yeah. it, it can be easy to be gung-ho you know, when yeah. you cast your vote to authorize the strike if necessary, or it can be easy to be gung ho the first week when you don't right. when you don't necessarily anticipate a, a month plus long strike. But it, it does seem to be that they're starting to get you know fatigued on the picket lines and and 500 bucks a week just isn't enough. It's not nearly what they were making while they were, you know, on the schedule. So what are you hearing from from UAW workers as this thing eclipses a month? Yeah, 
I, I am sure there are people who, who are experiencing fatigue, but we just had uh, my colleague Haley Harding went to the picket lines on Saturday and she basically spirits were still high that day. Mm. And they said, if they have to be frying turkeys on the side of the picket line, they will be. Um, I think it obviously varies depending on your seniority level, right? So if you have a lower seniority, you make less money, you probably have less in your bank account to live off of and your savings, I mean, and yeah, it's, it's, this is difficult. This is, I mean, strikes are, if you're in a strike, it's painful, no question about it. But um, I think there is, you know, there's definitely support there for them. There's people who visit the line and bring them different things. So um, they're still trucking along and, and uh, want to see this, this through to get everything they feel like they deserve. Um, in terms of how tight-lipped the UAW has been, especially those at the top, there really has been no leaks. There's really been nothing that would indicate a next move for the UAW. Is that that uncommon for these discussions? Usually it feels like something gets leaked through the cracks, but we haven't really, I mean, based on the the information that Sean Fain has provided, they've been very tight-lipped. Yeah, this week has been scary quiet, as we like to call it in the newsroom, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. because you're just kind of waiting to see what's really happening. Right. And you're talking to all these sources to try to figure out what's going on, but no one's really telling you or they don't really know. So, yes, it definitely has been a quiet week this week. That's why I think there might be a big uh, drop of news in 15 minutes yeah, when he comes on. It, we, will, we will watch for it. Uh, Kaylee Hall, good stuff as always. Thanks so much. Appreciate the time. Thank you, Chris. Take care. Yep, you do the same. All right, we'll take a break. Uh, we're talking Michigan, Michigan State. Lions coming up next right here on JR Afternoon. All right, welcome back. Very exciting weekend. Michigan, Michigan State. Although there's this weird dark cloud over it. Lions in action looking to go 6-1 and one in their first seven games. What a What a time to be alive. Steve Courtney joins us. WJR sports analyst, uh, this story about Michigan just keeps getting wilder and wilder. And now, Stephen, I understand we've got a suspension. Yes, indeed we do, Chris. Needless to say, let me just say this. Well, first of all, our conversation, Chris, is brought to you by the hardworking men and women at Bill Brown Ford. Forward down the field, the W's are indeed stacking up. The Red Wings are doing nice things on the ice. My good friend Matt Garko and his team are stacking wins each and every day. Drive with the champions at Bill Brown Ford. Shop their TrueView inventory at BillBrownFord.com today. The 116th Backyard Brawl. Boy, I'll tell you what, Chris, there are so many subplots, and we found out about the latest yesterday, and indeed it is picking up steam. Michigan football analyst Connor Stallions has been suspended as the NCAA investigates an alleged sign-stealing operation by the Wolverines. Athletic Director Ward Manuel announcing Stallion's suspension with pay, by the way, today, one day after the analyst was identified as a person of interest in the investigation into whether second-ranked Michigan violated an NCAA rule by scouting future opponents in person at games. The NCAA prohibited this, as we discussed yesterday, back in 1994. Now, a source telling ESPN, Chris, that the Wolverines have used an elaborate scouting system to steal signals from future opponents since at least 2021. With the ongoing NCAA investigation into Michigan recruiting and Coach Jim Harbaugh 
potentially facing additional penalties there. This separate investigation could significantly increase his exposure to additional suspension. Now, uh, again, Chris, as we discussed yesterday, uh, Jim Harbaugh denied any knowledge of or involvement in the alleged scheme to steal opponent's signals. That being said, even though he is saying that, he had no knowledge of the alleged scheme pursuant to NCAA bylaw, and please pay attention, 11.1.2.1, a head coach is presumed to have knowledge of what is occurring in his program and therefore can be responsible for the actions of his staff and individuals associated with the program. So we are moving forward uh, with yet another saga. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, the buck always stops at the top. But I just, I, I look, until I see evidence, um, I don't have, I mean, t- to me, this is, it's got to be pretty ironclad. You, you better have the goods because everybody steals signs. So if there is some underground cabal that Jim Harbaugh is orchestrating to go to future opponents and steal signs, I, I will gladly uh, be incredibly critical. But until then, I got to see it. And well, I, it is an active investigation with the NCAA. And again, let me just add this. Uh, sources are saying, and again, it's just sources, that the NCAA enforcement staff's level of interest, talking about stallions here, is so significant, it sought access to his computer as part of its investigation. Now, you know, Chris, uh, this particular story, as you might suspect, uh, has run rampant through the Big Ten Conference. Uh, Coaches, administrators, uh, how about this? One saying, this is worse than both the Astros and the Patriots. It's both use of technology for a competitive advantage, and there's allegations that they are filming prior games, not just in-game. If it was just an in-game situation, that's different. Going and filming somewhere you're not supposed to be, it's illegal. It's too much of an advantage. Why would another school know? How would another school know that? That's what we uh, talked about on your fine show yesterday. How would they possibly know that Michigan representatives, staffers, are coming to their games and recording the game? Well, you know what, and and we've had in-depth discussions about the NCAA and, you know, how archaic the organization is. It's almost as though, Chris, you would think that they were tipped off by somebody about Connor Stallions. It it has to be that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, So anything beyond that, uh, uh, the burden of proof is tremendous. I agree. I agree. Uh, What are your thoughts on the game this weekend? What do you got? Well, you know what? Uh, this is going to be a challenging road tilt. There's no question about it. Uh, but home or the the road is where the heart is for uh, this Lions team. The Ravens are tremendously balanced. They rank second in the league in defense, allowing 260.8 yards per game and 11th on offense. Um, the Lions, though, uh, they come in. Uh, Equally balanced, if you will. They rank third on offense, averaging 383.7 yards per game and seventh on defense, allowing just 285 and change per game. Lamar Jackson, uh, we know he can be a difference maker. I think that, uh, you know, you're going to have to shadow this guy and contain him. I'm under the impression, Chris, and see if you concur, that if you put Lamar Jackson into a situation he's got to win the game by throwing, 
I think you're giving yourself a pretty good advantage. There. I agree. I'm with you completely. Steven, have a nice weekend. Enjoy the games. All right, you and yours do the same, Chris. All right, we'll talk Always to you pleasure. soon. Yep, we'll talk to you soon. Steve Courtney, my bud, one of my favorite Spartans on this planet. Hi, Ken Brown. Hello, how are you? Good. I'm not coming in as Ken Contrarian. I'm not going to sit here and say you wasting your life with this sign stealing stuff. But Why? Because it's nonsense? It's stupid. You got a 50,000 people in the stadium. Somebody comes in and takes pictures of something that everybody in the stadium sees, and now it's a big thing. And they all do it. I just think if they are, if if the accusations and the allegations are, there is a network of people that Michigan has under their athletic department budget that is going to games and recording them, and then somehow rely. I I it seems unbelievable to me. Even if it was, and I don't think it is, and they've never proved if it was. If they I, do find out, it's still. You're putting there's fifty thousand people at these games. What you're doing, everybody's looking at. It. If somebody wants to look at it one week and look at it the next week and say, "Well, these things match," that's okay. That's what we do today. The law was put in back when the seventies, when teams couldn't travel Correct. and couldn't show stuff, Correct. and there wasn't every game on TV. It's just Correct. ridiculous. Somebody's out to get Harbaugh, and I'll just leave it like that. Put it like that. They're trying to drive him out. Driving, driving. What back do you think of pro. Lions game this weekend? I, I hope my heart says lions, but my brain. You're says afraid. Baltimore. You're I, afraid. I'm very afraid. You're afraid. Be afraid. What is it? Two, two, three. Lions getting three. Three. Take those points. I'm not a betting man. Lions yeah. six and one. I hope so. All right, Mitch Albin, the crew coming up next. We'll see. You. Have a nice weekend. Enjoy the football. Be nice to each other. Have a good one.